Are you ready? Are you ready? I need to know if you're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So here we go. This is what we do. So now I've got to go on here because I have to share this out to my, we have a Facebook live channel group also on, on Facebook. So I have to share that out or I will get a lot of messages from people going, I didn't see the show because we have two pages. So I have to do this. There we are. I see us. I'm glad I can see us because guess what? Oh, we got Oh, wait, I got tr- there. There's my voice. OK, we got one tonight. Oh, we got one tonight. That means we got a show tonight. We got a real good show tonight. We got one of them singers, <laughs> one of them singers. Woo! we got one tonight. I'm telling you, we got one tonight. Gather round, gather round, gather round clowns. Michael Moulton, M to the Rock, coming to you live from Dallas, Texas. Right there, right there. You see that? Detail, baby. I had to wear this shirt because I have to remind my guest where she's from. I'm going to remind her where she's from. Right there. That's how, That's look at that, tattooed. I got that star there. I got the star here. Who is your favorite football team? Because I'm now officially talking noise. Now, I can't name drop, but I, I've been fortunate that I'm working with some players in the NFL. And they're, I will say this, they're not Dallas Cowboys, so I'm putting it on them because they watch the show and then they text me the next day putting me on blast. And I say, we got something this year. We got something. Michael Moulton, M2 The Rock, welcome to, I'm your host tonight. Guess what? I was your host last night. And if everything works out the way it's supposed to, I'll be your host again tomorrow night. And I appreciate y'all's patience. Last night, I got stuck at the studios at the Rachel Stacy show. Yes. And so we were driving home and we went live in the truck and it actually turned out as always to be a great show. And Rachel Stacy was my guest on the show last night. And I think I said maybe nine words. I think I got nine words in. Okay, and that, that's all I got in. And then she just took over because that's what she does because she is Al-Anon in denial. I said that. I meant that. I represent that. I'm all about that. <laughs> okay. All right. Tonight's show, we got the great Hillary Roberts. She's backstage live from L.A. And we talked to Facebook before the show because this show was going to blow up. And we wanted to make sure that they blocked Gary Kaufman. And I see him in the comments. He got through again. Gary Kaufman, who has been on the M to the Rock show as a guest 36 times because he is the only guest that pays his way on the show. He knocks on the studio door and he pays. Then his wife pays us to have him on the show again so she can have peace and quiet alone. That's right. I'm kidding. We love you, Gary Kaufman. This show is brought to you by DFW Coin and Jewelry. That's DFW Coin and Jewelry, my man, Kristen Oyster, uh, DFW Coin and Jewelry. So uh, if you need anything, if you need jewelry, if you're about to pawn stuff or sell stuff, just go see <laughs> go see Kristen Oyster. But Kristen Oyster, we appreciate you. He's been with us since day one. And then the great Healing Springs Ranch. Healing Springs Ranch is one hour north of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. 
It is a residential treatment center and um, I will be there tomorrow. I'm on their clinical staff. I'm so blessed to be a part of their team and I will be there tomorrow working with the residents, uh, doing groups, educating the, fa the family on how to live life on uh, long-term recovery. Speaking of that, if you're new to this show, what the heck do we talk about on this show? We do talk about drug addiction. Okay. So if you're watching into the rock, does that mean you're a drug addict? No, we educate and, and, and tell great stories about how people have overcome drug addiction, alcoholism, codependency, um, spiritual bankruptcy, everything, suicide, suicide awareness. We also have um, incredible uh, guests on and we have a lot of celebrity guests on and I, I got to do it. Hillary Lacey Roberts. This, is this Lacey? Hillary Lacey Roberts. <laughs> We're going to have fun with that. We need to block Gary Kaufman right now. Is an American singer, songwriter, and a philanthropist. I can't say that word, but she is a good person. She was born in Denver, Colorado, and currently resides in Dallas, Texas, and LA because she's from living, she's talking to us from LA. Uh, her single, There for You in 2018, proved a success. It became her first top 10 single on the Billboard a dance club song chart. The following year, she says, you want some more Hillary Roberts? I'm going to post up a number one hit on you on the Billboard chart. And in 2019, she had a number one hit. And that song was Back to Life. However, Do You Want Me? Peaked at number one on the dance club song charts. I'm going to get out of the way. Let's bring her on. My girl, Hillary <laughs> Roberts. What are you doing out there in LA? Man, I am... Uh... Working around the lockdown. That's what I'm doing. Holy smokes. What's it like flying from Dallas to LA with, with this quarantine? You know, it's, I wear a really great mask and I dis I take wipes and I disinfect my little area and it's okay. You know, it's, it's, they, everybody's required to wear masks and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, it's, I love Dallas. Dallas saved my life. Yeah. And, um, I do consider, I mean, I was born in Denver. I did suffer for the Broncos. So they're my number one choice. Sorry, Michael. Well, you know what? We've actually had Vance Johnson on the show, uh, the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. So he's been on the show and um, he was, he was a good player. So, um, awesome. and, and he's in long-term recovery. So, all right, let's take our time, Hillary. Um, okay. It's so good to see you. And, and I love yeah. seeing you when you come into Dallas and um, um, you know, of course, Rachel, Stacy, and you are friends and, and y'all talk, uh, you know, together, but we have something in common and, and I, I suffer with, from alcoholism and, and drug addiction. And, and today I've been clean and sober since May 29th, uh, 2017. Okay. Complete abstinence, which is amazing. And, um, so we have a lot in common. Let's take our time and we want to get to know you of, you know, what it was like and what happened and what it's like today. Well, um, I, I can tell you this. I never thought I would have the life I have today. Mm. I never thought. And I've been sober now since May 9th of 1997. Wow. Super grateful for that. Yeah. You know what? My hair is driving me crazy, brother. So I'm pulling it back. You do whatever you want. We're just I'm in the living. Everybody's just watching. We're just kicking it together. I can pull my hair back and then really get this party started. Let's get okay. it. <laughs> That way we can see your number one, your, your plaque behind you, the number oh, one yeah. hit. There you yeah. go. 
there. Over there. there is. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I can't do it. Those weather girls, I don't know how they do it. I don't know either. So um, I was raised in Denver, Colorado. I um, I came from a divorced family. My parents divorced when I was two. I had an older brother. I still have an older brother. He's five yeah. years older than me. And um, I was just this vivacious little girl. And a lot of, uh, I can tell you that a lot of different things were going on. I believe my parents loved me, but I was not protected. Mm. Okay. Is my sound okay for you? You're great. You're doing okay. great. Good. Um, so I, I think I'm echoing in, in the thing is what's happening a little bit, but that's okay. You're okay. getting some feedback. Okay. Just a little bit, but it's okay. I'll just yeah. ignore it. It's kind of like when you do the national anthem at the speedway. You got <laughs> there's that delay, and then you got to wait. It's just, <laughs> or if you do it for a football game, they, there's a delay. You got to work it out. So what happened was is that my mom, you know, my, my my parents really, my mom left when I was about eight and a half, and I was left to live with my my father and stepmother, and I was. Now, let me just back it up a little bit. My mom loved me so greatly, but when she wasn't present, it was, she could love and then she'd pull away and, mm -hmm. and then she could be very passive aggressive. And then, and then she'd always talk stuff about my dad's rage and my dad was a rageaholic. And when he got remarried, I was very jealous of her. And, you know, because my father just, he and I just, we, it, was, it was a tough time, you know? And, yeah. and I think, you know, his, the, to, to tell you about my parents, my father's mother died when he was three. So he had a lot of stuff that affected him. And my mother, my mother suffered some abuse growing up, which I'll tell you some about mine. You know, the thing for me was when I was, when I was 10, I, I, my, my parents were fabulous because I was introduced to blues and jazz by mm. my father and opera and classical by my mother. Oh, wow. And I was I was also introduced to a lot of different cuisines, which was really great because I would taste Japanese, I, you know, just all different kinds. French, just all, all different cuisines. So I really appreciated that with them. And also they were very articulate and educated. My father would read me Shakespeare. So, I mean, he really tried. But I... Um, when I was 10, I went to see the play Annie and I decided then and there I wanted to be Annie really badly. And so I started singing tomorrow every single day, wanting to be Annie. And I started um, auditioning for uh, dinner playhouses. I got just uh, commercials, all kinds of things. And I started getting just about every part that I auditioned for. Now, my mother is gone. I'm missing her terribly. And I always hated who I was. I hated my red hair. I hated my freckles. Mm. I went to schools. I went to 13 different schools by the time I was in eighth grade. Wow. And they were all inner city schools. And I was a mi minority in those schools. And so I was very self-conscious about being pale and everything. And I wanted that skin, like what the African-American girls had, that beautiful cocoa skin in the different shades. I wanted the skin like the Latina girls. And that's back in the day when Shogun, the, the movie Shogun was out. And yeah, yeah. Japanese woman that was just a knockout. You know, I wanted to be anybody but Hillary. And although I thought if I could be Anne Margaret, that would be kind of nice. But <laughs> right. anyway, so, but the bottom line was, is that I started singing and it was like an escape for me. And it was the only 
place that I could get away from the anxiety I was feeling. I was feeling a lot of anxiety. My brain wouldn't shut up. And I just knew I knew what you were thinking about me. And the thing was, is I had been abused by different perpetrators starting at age three. And I, and, you know, I didn't even know what, what it was. I didn't even, but I knew enough not to talk about it. And, you know, a lot of times they groom the kids for that kind of thing. Right. And, and I, my mom came back, I was about 11 and a half or 12. And I I went to live with her and I ended up, I was never a popular kid, but I ended up singing in the talent show and I became super popular. And then the African-American girls kind of took me under their wing. Some other girls were trying to pick on me. They were actually Caucasian. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you're not messing with her. And then I used to go and I, I would try to learn how to dance. I loved the music. I loved R&B. And they would laugh at me because I couldn't get the beat. And it took me about three months to get the beat. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. I love this. And I just loved how gregarious and way out there and the music. And um, I also so I'm doing all this, but then another abuse happened. It was by my best friend's dad. And then I had told my father about it. And he told me that I was lying, that I just wanted attention and that I, um, that, that I just was a drama queen, blah, 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 blah. And this guy actually went to court for molesting three 12 year old girls and he got a year probation and then they sent my mother $2.99 restitution for harm done. And so I have this anger building. I have anger building because mom left. I have, you know, and, and, you know, my mom, my mom had her own addiction, which was love addiction. I believe she was not an alcoholic, but you know, she put men ahead of her kids and she, wow. yeah. And so, um, you know, um, so then, you know, I, I'm getting past that and, and I haven't taken my first drink yet. We were kind of just, we would sip champ like the end of champagne things. And I get a little glass of wine, right. dinner. my first introduction, uh, to knowing that someone was sober is that I was told my aunt had gotten sober when I was eight. And so they were like, we're not serving anything for this special dinner. And, and she actually died with, uh, 40, no, 37 years sober. Wow. Pretty amazing. Um, so um, then another, you know, I, I I was really trying to figure out this God thing. My father is atheist, always has, you know, I think has been for a long time ever since I've known. So hold on. You grew up in a home where your father, your daddy, okay, was an atheist. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. And my mother, I, I was baptized Methodist in my grandparents' church in Pittsburgh, which I was very close to my mother's parents. Okay. And, um, just love them. They had, my grandmother had the love of God on her face. And when she died, it was the whole line was down the street to get into the church because of every background, every faith, because of the way she loved people. Like I believe she loved people the way we should love people. Mm. And, uh, and so, but then my, my mom, she, we would change churches all the time. And I remember we joined this one church and I went to church camp and stuff. And I was singing at the church and I'm doing all this stuff and I was feeling like I was maybe getting a faith in God. And then I got abused by the music minister in the church and I told about it and nobody did anything. And, and that's when I think I really started losing my mind. And, um, you know, when I was a little girl, I used to watch the old movies of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, Sid Charisse, um, you know, um, 
Tyrone Power. I mean, the Paul Newman, like all the movies I would watch. And I loved the musicals, especially. And they'd be walking and Fred Astaire would be swinging his cane with his child. And I'm thinking, that's what love is. You know, yeah. I wanted. But I, that was your form of escape. It was. It right. was. And I wanted to be like my grandparents and I wanted to have kids and then have grandkids and then to the, be married to the love of my life and then have us both like die on the same day right. <laughs> as old people right? Like hundred and you know, whatever. But, um, so I did have my fantasies. I was never going to drink. I was never going to smoke. I was never going to do anything. And then there I was at 14 and a half and I was introduced these big girls. I was, I was actually, I used to be really accelerated in school and it became, by the eighth grade, I couldn't take it anymore. And what happened was, is they didn't, they brought up, I was, I was, I was um, repeating the eighth grade where I was two grades ahead in my studies in certain areas. I became like, I couldn't even, you know, it's just all this trauma going on. Right. And I just felt so alone in the world. I remember this. And, and, you know, I, I don't believe that my abuses made me an alcoholic, but I do believe they did not help with, some of the other places I went and wow, I like that myself because you know, there are people that have suffered abuse. They take a drink. The drink doesn't take them mm. other things. You know, they may act out in other ways, but I am an alcoholic An alcoholic, meaning that I take a drink, the drink takes me and I end up in places with people. I don't want to be with places. I don't want to be doing things I don't want to do. Right. And so, and that's not true for everybody. You know, some people go become overachievers. That was, you know, I would, you know, that's, that's not what happened with me. So I'm repeating the, the eighth grade, these girls, the, the older sister brings out this big bottle of tequila and says, Hillary, you want to try this tonight? So I'm like, more than anything, I want to be accepted. Right. Of course I'm going to do it. So I take that first drink and it makes me cough and I, and they're laughing at me and I'm laughing cause I got to be cool. And then I take another one and another one. It gets easier and easier. And by the eighth or ninth shot, you know, all this going crazy and up here in my brain and, and this cannon sized blast of anxiety. What happens is this gets quiet and I get this warm feeling over me. And then this cannon blast just seals itself up. Right. And I'm feeling warm and, you right. know, it's kind of like almost like a snap of the fingers. And right. I have this thought and I, and I'm like, you know, then I get the false pride, right? Then right. I sit back and I'm like, you know what? These girls are pretty smart to invite me to their little shindig. And secondly, they need to learn how to get on the beat. Right. <laughs> and you know what? My uh, my hair is, uh, I'm not Pippi Longstocking. This is auburn hair. And secondly, my skin is not pale. It's alabaster. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I and I'm like, you know, and they were, and I'm actually kind of cute now, you know, before right. I'm, like, you know, constantly hating on myself. So it was just like this whole mindset shifted, and it, I had a spiritual awakening. I had spirits, and something in me was awakened. God, and I can relate. I can so relate. If you can relate to Hillary Roberts right now in the comments, do hashtag I relate. I think a lot of people right now are nodding their head and you've just described my first drink, that feeling of, it was like icing on the cake. My stomach finally relaxed. And when I had that first buzz, okay, what we're doing here, it is something happened something happened. And I loved how you delivered that because now I became the leader in the room. I became the actor on stage. It was my show now. Right. And, and I knew that I wanted to have that feeling 
mm. for the rest of my life because yes. I didn't take what I was experiencing. And let me just tell you, my thing progressed so fast. I was never a social drinker. I mm. drank alcoholically from day one. Right. And what happened for me is I very quickly, you know, where I was going to save myself for marriage, I threw away my virginity. Mm. And I talk about things today that took me years sober to get to a place to talk about. Beautiful. But I talk about it because I believe that when I've, when I've heard people, there was a woman I heard years ago talking on a cassette tape, cassette tape, because, but she talked about things like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's talking about that, but I'm so grateful she is. And it made me feel less alone. And so I share mm. these things so that I can help others not suffer like as I, and not and not feel alone and hopefully not take themselves out over things that they think they can't heal from and right. i'm definitely a testament that you can so the next thing was is that i was um these i was working at a dairy queen i, I kind of worked at arby's and then I, I worked at burger king then arby's and then i worked right. over at dairy queen and these people came in and they were going to help my career and what happened was is it and i had a bad feeling like it you know, but I, I had been shutting myself down. I'd been shutting myself down. So I ignored that. And these people took me away. And uh, for two months, for two months, I was trafficked. And uh, it now, was. Well, well, so let's back up a second. What do you mean? These people, they came in and took you away. What do you mean by that? Uh, well, so I'm working there and it's a girl and a guy and they're talking to me and they're like, Oh, you're so amazing. Oh. And cause I think I will, you know, I, I'm always been this little bubbly thing and I would be singing, Oh, you know what? We could help your career, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out to be something way different. I was taken out of state and there I am and I'm being trafficked by these people. Bless and, your heart. Wow. And, yeah. And so one of the songs we're releasing soon is going to actually have, uh, it's called just take a moment cause it could save your life. Hmm. It's called save your life. And we're, we're doing one release and then we're doing that one, but they're going to show this girl in there and she's going to have a choice to make and to either, you know, to either run home or to stay. And the thing was, is that he knew where my mom lived. So there was, I was terrified cause they said they would hurt my, my mother and stuff like that. And so, the way I got out of that, the way I got out of that is because I, I, I watched him, actually, the girl that was also uh, working me and, and got me in that place. Right. What happened was, is he beat the living tar out of her. He beat the living tar. And myself and these other girls were trying uh, to get her help and he wouldn't do it. And he was always afraid because I was underage. So what happened was, is that he, uh, I told him, I said, the FBI is looking for me. They weren't. And my parents, you know, called and they got everybody, you know, and so he was so scared of that. And he says, go home, just go, go home, go, go be with your mother. And I believe that's the only thing. And so I knew enough to hustle that, like, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, but I, there I was, this little girl, 16 years of age, barely have hitting, I hit puberty late. And what happened is that, you know, before I was a piece of garbage, but now who is going to love me now? Because now I'm used up. Now I'm tainted goods. No good man is going to love me. What good woman would be my friend? Right. And so, and, and I just, and it's like, what am I going to do now? And, and, and I tried to work another kind of regular job, but it was like, you know, I, I didn't feel like I fit in at all because of course now I just, I can't take enough showers to feel clean. Wow. I can't. 
And it's just awful. And so I ended up working in places where you didn't have to wear much and really on my soul. And I can tell you, uh, my best thinking, you know, I had a lot of amazing opportunities. I had a lot of, I met, I met a, um, an entertainment attorney that worked with Geffen Records and they heard me sing and they were so excited. And, and when I was 19, I had five and a half months sober, but I wasn't working really any kind of program of recovery. I kind of just hung out with the main people that were big in that arena. Mm-hmm. And what happened, I'm out, in L- I'm out in New York and I'm at the Palladium Club, my club on five and a half months dry, meaning I'm not doing anything for a recovery program. You take away alcohol and drugs from a crazy mind, then you're going to have still the crazy mind. And it's like, it's not doable for an alcoholic. Alcohol and drugs are my solution, you know, and, and I graduated, I guess I can talk about it on here, but I graduated from to snorting cocaine and then to smoking cocaine and then smoking crack. I mean, it was bad. It was really, and I almost died over and over again. And Anyway, I am. Um, and in the end, I ended up going to eight treatment centers and five detoxes. I mean, eight detoxes and five treatment centers. But this thing with the music. So I'm flown out there. I have everything on a silver platter right there. Everything I've been wanting to do my entire life. They, I auditioned. They wanted to sign me. And I'm five and a half months dry. So that, you know, they're excited. I'm at the Palladium Club. And I'm like, they're offering me champagne. I'm like, no, no, no. They're like, oh, it's just champagne. And I have that thinking, okay, I can just have champagne, forgetting that I've wrecked cars underage drinking, all the mess. That it was just those other, it was the drugs, the drugs did it. So I took that drink. Now that night, it wasn't the worst drunk of my life or anything. Right. The next day, I'm going, I'm getting taken over to this restaurant with a bar, waiting for the executives to come. And I walk up to the bar and I start drinking kamikazes and backing it with Long Island iced teas. Wow. And I'm slamming, slamming and the only, and the only thing I can remember after slamming all those drinks is pulling a table over onto myself and the shadows in the doorway. And I wasn't staying with this girl, but I woke up on her floor the next day in the same clothes, doing a sundry amount of things to myself and with a, a ticket and uh, a note that said, call us when you grow up. And I didn't do that one time. I didn't do that two times, Michael. I didn't do that three times. I ruined four major record deals because of my alcoholism and drug addiction. Wow. And I would... I would quit working at those places. I'd go work in, uh, I'd go work in, um, or uh, where they served organic food. I'd, I'd work in those places because I'm going to get organic. I'd work in the vitamin shop. I'd work in doctor's offices. I went and painted houses. I'm going to do anything. And, but it's not fixing it because I'm going to do anything but what I've seen other people do and what they're suggesting for me to do. Wow. And it's a program of action that they're telling me to do. And I'm, I'm willing to do 95%. And a lot of times I would have a craving and I just wouldn't pick up the phone. And I would think I would convince myself I can just have two mm. <laughs> or one or whatever. And so I can tell you. So one of the stories I'll tell you is that I was um, probably had hawked half my house. I probably, oh, yeah. And I was out of the hospital maybe a couple of days, almost dying again. Mm. And I'm back at the stupid club and there was a girl that used to pass out in the corner and I used to tell her that she needed to control her drinking. I I remember those days. (laughs) I'm not as bad as her. (laughs) Yeah. And so what happened was, is that uh, I walk in and her eyes are bright and she looks amazing. And I'm like, girl, what's up with you? And she said, well, I've been doing this and this for six months and I am sober. 
And, you know, and in this particular book, it tells me if I stay, if I have a good business or reason to be here, I, you know, and I was like, I was shocked because I'm like, how in the world are you sober? Because I couldn't stay sober a week. I but you saw sober. something too. You saw some, you saw living proof that something happened to this girl. I did. Right. And the thing was, you know, see, I was doing all the things, but what was, rec- what was suggested and. But this girl, she had said to me, I'm moving to Texas. I'm moving to Texas. You want to come visit for a few days? And I'm like, sure. So I ended up flying to Texas. I'm still, you know, I remember I was so sick with bronchitis. And um, I had a feeling deep inside me. I don't know. I had almost died over and over. But I had a feeling I didn't have long. And But I didn't know how I could stop. I just, I, I used to cry. I used to open up different recovery pieces and and the Bible. And I would sit there and cry to God and say, please save me. And I would cuss him out too. And right, you know, right. Man, so mad. That counts. Yeah. And so there I am and I go to, and you don't have to change states to do this, but I go to this other, I go to this place where a lot of recovery people are. And instead of, I used to pretend like everything was okay when I hung out with those people before. And I wouldn't be honest and transparent. And something in me changed. Mm. And I said, I hate you. I hate God. I hate me. I hate this place. I hate all of this. And I don't want to hear about it after our get together. And they would be like, you want to go to lunch? (laughs) And I, and they would want to like pray with me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you (laughs) just not hear what I said? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yes. And so, and I'm like, and I was ridiculous. I mean, like I cussed like a sailor, I dressed like a stripper and I would get up like three, four five times while they're trying to have this small, this gathering. And, and I got to tell you, I was a nutcase and, um, I got this mentor, you know, I got the spiritual advisor who, uh, I was looking at all these women and, and I remember looking in this group of people that I, I would go and hang out with all, every, you know, these people that were doing the sober thing. And they, these women had these pretty shoes on. And I remember, I'm like, I, I wish I had pretty shoes like that. Now, this isn't for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, but I had ruined every, I had lost everything. Right. And I literally had a pair of Payless shoes, you know, when they have the nails sticking out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, um, but I used to think that. And, but I also, I would look around and this woman, whenever she was kind of sharing stuff from the heart and just sitting there, she had this peace in her eyes and I was like, and she just could sit peacefully in her own skin. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is that like? Like I wanted to take my brain out to, you know, I wanted eh, get it me out of me. And I asked her to to help me. I said, will you please show me what to do? And uh, she said, she said to me, she said, I am, but let me just break it down to you how we're going to do this. And mm-hmm. everything I'm asking you to do is everything I've done. And that's kind of, we started the journey and I was willing and I made a deal with this God that I was also cussing out because I didn't, I didn't want to call God, God. I was right. like, you're, you're, I had other names I called him that I right. on your show, right. but I had names and I had a certain symbols that included just one finger in the air towards right. God. That was more of my prayer at the time. Right, right. <laughs> and what happened is that uh, I just started doing what I was told. And I started asking people how they did it. Because they would say, if you want the joy I have, come do what I do. And so right. I just started doing it, man. And, you know, the thing was, she didn't make me quit. that. The other thing, she didn't make me quit that job. And I'm like, why aren't you making me quit that job? And she said, 
everybody made you quit that job, Hillary. She said, you know, if God doesn't want you to be in that job, as we take this process, you won't be in that job. Oh, I love it. She said, if you don't drink, no matter what, and don't drug and don't commit suicide, no matter what, I promise you, your life will change. And if it doesn't, at the end of what we are going to do, I will take you out myself and I will get you as drunk as you want to be. Wow. Yep. That's old school. That is old school. Yeah. And and she told me I had to I had little shreds of her paper of her number. Um, she did a whole thing where she did lines, you know, and you yeah. know you can pull it off the the bulletin yeah. board. And she gave them to me because, you know, certain people would come. Not everybody is well in some of these arenas, and so they mm-hmm. kind of. And she's like, if anybody messes with you about what you're supposed to be doing, I want you to give them my phone number and tell them they can call me and discuss it with me. But you're to do just what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and our deal was, I didn't have to like it. I just got to do it. Right. So, you know, she told me to start praying to this power I didn't understand and asking it to keep me sober and thank it at night. And of course I called it other, I said, do I have to call it God? She said, you can call whatever you want. I just want to start talking to it. So I did. And I started my two fingers in there. Right, right, right. (laughs) But I started doing the deal and I started writing and I started and, and I couldn't, I had lost my singing voice. And I would cry and cry and cry. We did this process and we were doing it. And after two years of working together, I was down to working in those places one day a month. And I was working at Brooks Brothers too. You know, I was kind of living this double. I couldn't let it go. It was that survival thing, right? Right. And so what happened is that that I, uh, but I hated it. I'd leave crying and I would just, but I wouldn't drink. I'd leave crying and I kept saying, please God, get me out of it. And I, you know, I just felt like, and one day I went in there to work and there was a, a bachelor party there. And, uh, and I ended up working that night and laughing. They were like, the guys were close to my age and good looking. And we just, you know, I was able to get through the night, the whole night. I couldn't believe it. But, right. And then um, anyway, before that, uh, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. I was telling my, my mentor, I'm like, Oh, I'm doing, I've done rounds of steroids and make me crazy. The doctor doesn't want to do surgery. I'm like, what am I going to do? Speech therapist. She says, why don't you ask God to bring your voice back? If it's his will. I'm like, God, everything with you is God, 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 God. (laughs) She said, exactly. And of course, back to not, I may not like it, but I get to do it. So I, I started praying a prayer that she gave me and uh, asking God to bring my voice back. I didn't start very enthusiastic, but by three months, my voice started coming back. Wow. So I started singing at events. And, you know, these people that had watched me grow up in this in these rooms uh, that I went to and these places I would meet them at coffee shops and stuff, they asked me to sing at their weddings. I was like, me? Really? This the piece of garbage me? Right. And, and they would ask me to sing at their, their parents' funerals or their baby's funerals or you know, whatever parties and stuff. And what happened is that, so I'm singing, I'm singing, working at Brooks Brothers and I'm working at this place one day a month. So I told you, I went to that bachelor party and the next day I had a wet, you know, the bachelor party was at the place and the next day I had a wedding to sing at. So. No way. Oh yeah. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Surprise. Yeah, I was at the Hall Estate down at Fair Park. And I was like, I said, okay, God. And I was I'm willing to call him God now, right? You can kill me now. And so what happened is that I, you know, I go out and I sing my few little songs and then I'm waiting to get paid. And I'm like, oh. And they all walk up to me and they said, you know, 
we were talking about you last night. And I said, I'm sure today too. They said, no, no, no. And they said, we were there too. I said, it's not the same. It's not the same for men as it is for women. Don't try that with me. And I said, they said, no, but really, really listen. So we saw you last night and we were wondering why you were there. You just didn't fit in. We couldn't understand why you were there. And then today we hear you, we see you, we're like, whoa. And then we hear you and like, this is your gift. Wow. This is what you need to be doing. And I was able to walk away. Wow. I want to show, I want to just show how out of, you know, where I'm begging and I don't understand why I can't do it myself. I can't, you know, quit doing things that are hurting me. Because of really a core belief I had about myself, you know, mm -hmm. unworthiness, not valuable, not lovable, never will be, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And and the thing is, then I, and then I was able to, it took me a while. I will tell you, I struggled for a while. I, I had a hard time with dating because... I, I wouldn't, I would get scared of men and I would, I would, I would not date for two years at a time. I date somebody, maybe they would cheat on me. So then I'd go act out in some ways and I cut, you know, just not in healthy ways mm -hmm. at six years sober. My spiritual mentor, she said, if you don't go get help for this Hillary, for this sexual trauma, I'm not going to help you anymore. So you had, so to, you get, had to go, you get you outside help. help. I had to get outside help because mm -hmm. I would, for my first six years sober and I've never heard of anybody like this. I had nightmares every night that somebody was over me attacking me. I wake up screaming every night. Wow. It, it was awful. And, but I stayed sober. I don't, you know, I, and, and I don't, I don't know how, <laughs> except for the fact that I know that I was honest. I always told on myself, whatever it was, I always told on myself and uh, never pretended to be somebody else. Like I had done before going in and out, in and out, in and out on the wagon, off the wagon. And so I went and I got outside help. And um, the good news was, is I was able to, uh, my brothers said, I have a younger half brother who's 19 years younger. And my brothers, I just love them so much. And, and they told my dad, they said, if you don't come here, you know, this, she'll never speak to you again. And it was true. He's going to, he was going to have to hear exactly what had happened to me. And, you know, after that happened, uh, he was able to admit that he believed what happened to me. And so I was able to tell my whole truth to my father and the whole family. The other thing was, is that um, it was kind of hard afterward. I was kind of an open wound and I was going to meetings and stuff. And, and uh, my, my spiritual mentor at the time was going through her own stuff. And uh, I, I had met this other lady and I got her to be my mentor too. And, you know, my first, my first mentor in Texas is still a friend of mine. We're, we're, I love her to death. She, she used to invite me over with her family on the holidays and I just was like a part of the family and just that inclusiveness when I felt so terrible about myself. Um, but some of the things that I had to learn too later on, which I was able to walk away when I met, when I met my spiritual mentor that I have now, I was able to tell her some of the stuff that I was struggling with. And, um, and she just said she was worried about me and, and, and her love with her love within a few months, uh, her telling me, that she loved me no matter what. And she wasn't going to go anywhere, but she wished I could see me as she sees me. I was wow. able to walk away from all of that. Um, and so anyway, so then it was, a, then it was, uh, I started getting really, really sick. I, well, I started singing and making a lot of money singing and just doing parties and events. And, 
And, um, but then I started getting sick and I, I was going to Nashville. I was, I was coming to LA some and I started getting really sick and I found out I had very rare, rare congenital heart defect. And, um, now I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and, uh, I had a 50% chance of surviving the surgery. Only one adult in the world had had that uh, surgery. And, uh, a year, a year before that process, my friend, I was able to freeze eggs. And so another part of my story, tell me how am I doing on time? Cause I want to, you're doing sure. good. How do I sound? You sound amazing. Okay, good. I had to, I had to unplug the mic cause I was getting feedback. So I'm going to work with, I'm going to work with my audio technician with her as soon as this show's over with. I'm going to line her out. <laughs> no, no, we're doing great on time. We got another, we got 20 minutes and, and I'm really excited. To, this is an incredible story. If you just join us on M to the Rock, this is Hillary Roberts. Uh, she is in, in Los Angeles right now, resides in Dallas, Texas, in Los Angeles. And she's sharing her experience, strength, and hope as a recovering drug addict, alcoholic. Uh, this is, I've heard bits and pieces of your pieces of your story. And as a lot of people know, I now Rachel does not talk about many people, but when she got to know you as you tell your story, and as I see you smile, I know she's told her story to you. You two are it is it gives me goosebumps that y'all have so many similarities. And obviously then y'all are y'all are in the same industry, different genres. But this is just this is awesome hearing this. And as she's telling our story, and, and as if you're joining us right now, leading up to where she's <laughs> Gary Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see the comments, so I can't wait to read them later. You'll well, see. here you go. Ready? Yeah. I'm the egg manager. Oh my god, Gary. <laughs> 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 so Gary Coffin, clo obviously close friends with myself and Hillary Roberts, and, but it's neat to hear your story and y'all similarities between you, know, you and Rachel. And I see why y'all have hit it off so well as you built up. And I'm, and I'm learning in y'all's industry that you two girls can get this age in your head. And as she was really promoting you being on the show last night, she goes, what I love about Hillary Roberts is because they told her she couldn't do it. Now, Rachel gets off on the show. She just goes nuts, you know, blasting the, you know, the system. And she says, but this girl did it. And it's amazing because what I'm, I'm reviewing for our audience is that you growing up in a, in a traumatic atmosphere, okay, with an atheist father, and now you're talking to God. And I love this for the viewers that are looking at this right now. If you're cussing out God, keep doing it. That means you believe in him, right? And that's what I love when I heard you say that because God loves an honest prayer. And sometimes it's getting down with God, right? And that's what I love. And as, as, as you're telling your story, he is starting to answer your prayers and you're seeing it. You are seeing it. And now where you're at today, and let's share with that. So um, I'm trying to remember where I was. So I, yeah, I had to go into this heart surgery and I asked right. the doctor, can I, can I please, you know, at the time I was getting older and I wanted to be able to freeze my eggs. And, uh, and I was, you know, I, so I froze my eggs. I did three rounds and it was a miracle. And then I went into the surgery and I had to get my affairs in order. And uh, I, you know, I told God, I said, listen, 
I said, you know, I'm finally, it took me a while. It took me a while, you know, and to, to really enjoy this life, to get to the yay of life. And I just said, God, if it's your will, I'd really like to stay because I'm finally having a good time. And I promise you that if you let me stay here, I will spend the rest of my life blessing your kids. And I woke up from that surgery. I was in a lot. I remember I was in a lot of pain within a day and a half. They had to get me off the, the, the drugs because they were making me sick, even with Fenergan and all that other business, yeah. you know, the uh, anti-nausea stuff. But I had a burning bush experience three days in and I was praying over a girl at three days in. And, um, uh, I can tell you, uh, I've never had that before and I never have had it since, but it was amazing for me because I was more of the learning type. It was a slow thing for me and like putting my foot in the water and, you know, the educational variety and like, okay, are you going to really be there for me or, you know, but, um, so I had lost my singing voice again because I, uh, you know, when they had to, um, when they had to move, when they had to move my, I was about to say this, no, but they took the intubation tube out and they used a very small one, a kid size actually. But when they had to move my heart to repair it, it messes with the phrenic nerve. And so it was upset. It was moving slower than the right. And they were hoping it would come back. So during that time, I remember before my surgery, I was like, is my legacy that I have a ninth grade education with the GED or an eighth grade education, excuse me, I didn't finish the ninth grade. And so I had this thing where, oh my God, is this, you know, and I went back to school and I got a tutor and I, you know, because I had that negative thinking that said, you know, you're dumb, you're this and that. And I started studying investments and numbers and I learned that I'm not dumb. If I get good sleep and I study, I actually get A's and A pluses. I do really, I would get upset if I didn't get an A plus. And so, right. and I was starting to do that and I went to school and then after a year and a half, my voice started to come back. And I started singing for people in, in some of the areas where people for fun and for free, I started doing some stuff to give back in the, to the places that have given so much to me. And then I, I always wanted to be able to really do the music business again. I felt like I'd ruined that. I had ruined some things. And I was introduced to this amazing Grammy award-winning producer out here. And uh, uh, he had sent some songs to Texas and I flew out, we met, I told him some of my story and he wanted to start working with me writing with me and we started doing it and i can tell you so at age 25 uh some people had told me that i was too old for the business that with capital records and um and i can tell you that two years ago no three years ago in 2017 i'm in nashville at the music biz conference and i'm talking to an entertainment lawyer and a guy that had worked with the major labels and also had his own but now had his own label and they said to me, they said, Hillary, you will never chart. It's great that you are excited about this, but you will never, ever chart. You're trying, trying to sing music that are your kid's age. Okay. So at that time I was in 2017, I was, I was 48. Okay. So I was 48 years of age. And what happened is that, um, uh, my manager at the time told them, gentlemen, we, I believe that you believe what you're saying. And let me just tell you something. God's going to open doors no man can shut. And she was very, very religious. She's like, no. And they're like, oh. And so a year later, we get there for you, top 10. And what's so amazing is then the year last year, for my, like uh, the summer of my 50th, like uh, we get the number one. And it took me two weeks to 
let it sink in. I was in France when we found out and I just couldn't believe it. I just, and it's like, God, it's like, God has a sense of humor. He's like doubled the age and there it is. And see, this is a girl, this is a girl that for years I look in the mirror. So, so let me just tell you guys. So these are all amazing gifts. Okay. I, 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 and, and I started a foundation that helps people with trauma, mental health, alcoholism, drug addiction. I have all these amazing things. I've done tons of red carpet events. I've had lots of press. We wrote a song that saved a life. My friend that as they were the ones that told me to keep to sing. And we wrote a song called fight to the other side. And it got, she's got a rare form of muscular dystrophy and um, she got it as soon as my career started taking off and it progressed in the year and a half, which should have taken 10 years. And we were written up, in um in what's like the sunday parade here over in the in the uk because that's where she and her husband kevin are um um we were featured on the bbc um just all kinds of things you know the stars i've gotten to meet i mean just meeting like elton john and i mean just a lot of people and a lot of doors have have opened doors have opened but let me tell you the most beautiful gift michael let me tell you because i know what it's like to sit in a house. So this was another struggle I had. I would date these abusive men, narcissistic men, because I still felt like I wasn't worthy. And it reminded me, I grew up in what I would, you know, they were ragers and all that other stuff, you know, exactly what I grew up in. And they would look in the mirror more than I did. <laughs> That's so, a lot. <laughs> they did. They'd be like, I love me. Don't you love me? <laughs> no. And so, and so, but what happened was it's so funny. No, and so I had to face my love addiction. Exactly what my mom dealt with. She'd go out with these men, you know, give up everything just to get a crumb of love, and and then or I'd be love avoided. And the thing was, is I had to look at what is my core belief. And so for years before that, I remember looking in the mirror. I couldn't stand the sight of myself. I thought it was a piece of trash. I would talk so many negative things to myself. Like I said, I couldn't take enough showers to get clean. But through this process of staying sober, no matter what, facing traumas, facing love addiction, love avoidance, codependency, all this stuff, really looking at the core beliefs, going, wow, let me tell you the greatest gift, Michael. The greatest gift for me today is looking in the mirror and seeing a precious daughter of God, um, knowing I am worth being treated with love and respect and kindness. And if anybody has a problem with my history, I am so sorry for you, but I, nobody can punish me as much as I've punished myself. You will not win first place on that buddy. And nobody gets to do that anymore. Not even me to me. And that's what, the what's so beautiful, Hillary. I don't mean to cut you off, but no, this is fine. what's so, this is what's so beautiful is that God, God takes a person like Hillary Roberts. Okay takes a person like Hillary Roberts. And as you hear the story of Hillary Roberts, he takes Hillary Roberts and puts her on stage and he shows the world that he alone is God. He alone is God. And you look when you and I both, we look back on our stories and for everybody who's out there in recovery that looks back on their stories, we, are, we become grateful for our past because I get to sit down and I get to help the newcomer that is struggling so much with this disease, right? Here is a person right here, ladies and gentlemen, that grew up in a, a traumatic house, was sold, was sold 
was grew up in an atheistic house. Okay. She, she, she probably, there was times that where she's like, if there's a God, why would he even think about allowing this to happen to me? Right. I don't, I don't want any part of this God, but God is full of so much grace that he allows all of this to happen for you to be here today at the age of 50. Okay. 51. I'm 51, baby. You're my age. 51. <laughs> 51, okay, with the number one hit on the Billboard chart in 2019. And I've got to say something to you, Hillary. I need to thank you because you've re-stimulated Rachel Stacy. God has used you to re-stimulate somebody in my life, and you're re-stimulating other women in your life. Because guess what? God is good. God is good. It's that simple. And let me ask you this. For the people out there that are watching this right now, okay, that are struggling with this God deal, okay, you mean you're you're suggesting I stop drinking, I stop doing drugs, and you want me to believe in Casper the Friendly Ghost? You've got to be out of your mind. What is your suggestion to that, and especially the young women who are trapped right now in abusive relationships and abusive family? What kind of pointers do you have? Suggestions do you have? Um. First of all, I'm going to answer these in a second. I do want to clarify something for the women out there. Fertility, I want to talk this little thing about fertility because Gary knows this is a big deal to me. I'm having to, I have to make this decision, but part of my story is in my drinking and in my sobriety time, I did uh, uh, some of the most painful, probably the most painful thing I've ever done. Uh, and, and it was more than once, but to, to terminate uh, pregnancies. And, um, and um, you know, the thing is, is I never thought God could forgive me. And, you know, the thing is, is that it's, he forgave me long before I could forgive me. And, and that's, and so that's why it's really, uh, I'm excited to hopefully be able to have kids if it's his will, you know, and, and I don't know how that's all going to unfold. I don't know, but I just want to put that out there that, you know, I know about that soul wrenching pain. If you Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. It's take, I didn't start doing that until like within the last year, year and a half, actually. So it took me that long to get enough courage up to talk about it. But I talk about it because I know how much it hurt me. It's just it's, it's been more painful than any abuse I've ever been through. So I want to talk about it. But then. Um, so for your other piece with the God deal, um, I, I can tell you this, that we this is what I believe. OK, and, and this is what I want to say to you. It what I want to ask you is the way you're living, is it serving you well? Are you joyful? Are you happy? I mean, are you joyful? Are you at peace? If you say no, what will it hurt to try a new way? And it doesn't mean you have to feel this right now. All you need to know, if you believe that I believe, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. I know you know that Mike, if you watch his show, you know, all you need to know is that Michael believes that we believe that you can have an amazing life, that you can be sober, that you can get past trauma. And let me tell you, uh, it just taught, they talk about, okay, in, in, in certain literature, it talks about the key of willingness and in other, and in, in the big, big, the Bible, it talks about the faith of a mustard seed. Do you know how small that is? And like that, all that is, is do you believe that I believe that was the first thing somebody said to me? And I'm like, Ooh, hokey pokey, you know? And it's like, you know, it's, it just takes, but something got has to be better than the way you've been living. 
And, and what's it going to hurt for you to try it? Because you've certainly been putting your faith in uh, a liquid. First of all, if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, there's a lot of supports out there. And there's some incredible, incredible things. Okay. And you can and if you, if you haven't done the process all the way through, then you can't throw it out because if it's just, you know, you've only done a little bit of that. The other thing is, is that there's some great people online that I love. If you're dating a narcissist and you're getting abused and with double digit sobriety, that was me today. Nobody gets to treat. Nobody puts baby in a corner. No. Right. I love it. Nobody gets to treat anybody. I, you know, and the biggest thing is me not treating me like that. That's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. And yeah. so, and so, um, you know, and I choose, uh, you know, the way I've been dating, you know, I have very kind, respectful, chivalrous, um, you know, not just a total opposite of what I've dated before. And that's been amazing. It's been amazing. No matter what happens, it's like in my life, because I want, I've tried to control and fix and do, I want what Casper the ghost. No, what God I'm wants. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I want what God wants. And so if you're in a relationship, go online, go to a lady. If you need to break away from a, an abusive situation, first of all, uh, there's a lady that talks about narcissists. Her name is Kim Saeed, S-A-E-E-D. And I want to give this to the girls because I did this myself. There's another lady named Lisa Romano. She talks about codependency, narcissism. And if you and if you're in danger, somehow, some way, if you can get to a place that they can get you to a safe house. I mean, all these things. And then work on that because you're going to go back and, and you're going to have to withdraw because you're addicted to that person and you've been brainwashed. You've been brainwashed to believe that you are not worthy. But there is something that happens in our mind. Like when we fall in love, all of our brain lights up. Right. And love it goes dark but then you have abuse where they do this thing where they'll love bomb and then they'll like right. then it's, it's really sick it's that it's a very sick dynamic but the brain the chemistry of the brain gets addicted to it and so coming off of that is excruciating but once you get past that fire baby you are free yes yes <laughs> i love that things, man no just like <laughs> <laughs> Well, Hillary Roberts, we just, I mean, an hour flew by. And it's, Sorry, it, I talked no, no, it's great. It's great. And, and it's it's so great to have people like you on the show to share your experience, strength, and hope. And, and you know, I want to definitely, um, we're putting together some good ideas for some other shows and, and like to have like you and Rachel on at the same time and have Rachel co-host on this and two women talking. And, and it's just great to, to hear someone who what it was like and and you share what happened and, and and what it's like today we love you so much and so excited to see you when you come back to dallas and um can i come. say something to your guests real quick absolutely if any of you girls are hurting or you guys want to reach out to me i'm on instagram at official hillary roberts reach out on instagram or facebook i'm on facebook reach out to me and uh and let's talk because i don't want you hurting yeah. guys i'm sorry unless you're gay but I'm probably still going to, you know, put you over with some dude. You reach, guys, reach out to me. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get you taken care of. We'll get, we'll get you taken care of. And I love that because we talk about that on the show every single show. It's been highly suggested men work with men, women. Men work with men. Women work with women. 
especially in, you know, an early recovery uh, because of, I don't know how to have a relationship in early recovery. I got nothing for you. You know what I mean? Except a bunch of guilt and resentments, you know? So, but we love you and Hillary Roberts. We're going to put all of your links in the comments. I'm going to put you backstage to wrap up the show. Don't go anywhere. I want to say goodbye to you. Everybody hit the hearts and likes. Everybody hashtag Hillary, hashtag HR uh, and um, Hillary Roberts. Thank you so much uh, for being on the show. And yes, and we'll see you here just a second. Good night. Awesome. Wow. What a show. Hillary Roberts. What a great, great story of redemption. Isn't it great to hear about it? Redemption. I see a lot of people in the comments from Dallas who are who are very well know Hillary well. And and what a great story at the A in 2019, number one hit on the Billboard charts when they said, Homegirl, you too old. You too old. And she says, Really? Watch this. God says, watch me, watch me, watch me work through Hillary Roberts so I can show the world that I am alone, God. All right. Tomorrow, Hillary mentioned love addiction, love addiction. Tomorrow night, Pamela Ruda back on Into the Rock. She is a recovery coach, a life coach, and she is um, um, in recovery also from drugs and love addiction. We're going to talk about love addiction tomorrow night. Maybe Hillary Roberts will tune in and watch that. And um, but tomorrow night, and then we are booking Rudy Gatlin, Rudy Gatlin of the Gatlin Brothers. Over 35 years of sobriety will be on the show next week. We have Hannah Fobar from um, Hef Recovery, and we got her book for next week. Um, Johnny Childress, Johnny Childress is going to be on the show on August 3rd for next week. So we love you guys, and you know what the words are. I got three words. I got eight letters. And it's got one meaning, and that is, I love you. Good night, everyone.